Hello and welcome to the Mr. Olin podcast. As always, my name is Jacob Staten and as always, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? Um, I should be very good because we just got a point away from Brighton. We are recording this directly after the final whistle. Uh, a few pints Tracy, deep. Mate. A few pints deep. Um, but I can't, I can't say I'm fantastic. It was difficult. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thrilled to bits on the back of a uh, hard-earned point away from home. So, uh, but before we start there, we need to start with what you're sipping back on, JJ. I'm sipping back on uh, Estella. Estella. Nelson Mandela. Estella. Estella. And Estella. And that's it. What about you? I've just got myself a bottle of Guinness Original. Woof. Get it down, you boy. Woof. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers away. Um, I think first half, we've been, you know, uh, probably as as bad as we have been this season. Um, didn't really offer much going forwards or... You know, much fight and that kind of thing, but there's not too much to dwell on really in the first half. But the second half, we come out. I think we start off a bit better. They get a penalty, which for me is never a penalty in a million years. He's gone to mop the ball, and his body's turned away from it. I'm sick of raging about that penalty. Um, I kind of saw it and then just went, "Well, that's obviously not going to be a penalty." And went to the kitchen to do something. I came back, and the geezer's gone to the um, look at the video, and it's just. Pardon me, and that that whole thing of as soon as he gets sent to look at the monitor, it's going to be given is is getting a bit painful. But yeah, it's um, never a penalty in a million years for me. Neves really good penalty taker takes a really good penalty. Henderson again, fine margins, so close to getting it. And then um, I think I think I don't want to say the word dominate, but I think we play really well in the second half uh, after, particularly after the penalty, their penalty goes in. We're, we're, you know, we're the team in the uh, in the ascendancy. We win a penalty that was more of a penalty than theirs, but I don't think we get if theirs isn't given. Um, I thought that I thought they were originally looking at for for a handball by Adama Traore, and it almost feels like they they saw the the shirt pull on Yates afterwards, and so we got that. Uh, it's not a great penalty from Brendan Johnson, but it's also not the worst one I've ever seen in the world. And the keeper had to save it. So, um, and then we just couldn't. We just couldn't press home any of that that dominance kind of thing towards the end of the towards the end of the second half. So a bit of a bit of an odd game, but I I I personally didn't feel that that bad after it. JJ, how about you? So I actually went to the game. Um very lucky that Mike Lee, our dear friend and dear listener of the podcast, um took me as a plus one. So thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. Absolute legend and treated me very well throughout the day. I'll tell you what, being in the disabled spot is like VIP. It was like having a box. It was unbelievable. The disabled toilets, honestly, if there was a kitchenette in there, I won't be surprised. So thank you, Mike. It was incredible. Um, The game itself, I'll be honest, I was disappointed. Uh, I don't know if it's any different being there to watching it and not having an overall view, but we just felt so spineless again. We felt disappointing. Didn't feel like there's any substance to us. 
Brennan Johnson didn't run at people. He just felt a bit lacking. Both mm-hmm. teams felt rubbish to me. And the yeah. fact that the main opportunity for both teams to score came from penalties through nonsensical VAR decisions, yeah. I think screams a lot to me. Um, when it came to Neves taking a penalty, I thought Henderson saves this just because I've become accustomed to it. When it came to Johnson taking the penalty, I thought Johnson scores this because he needs it for his confidence. So <laughs> it was one of them where you look back and you think, oh, if that if he just got his fingertip to it because he was very close, or if Johnson just put it slightly right to the keeper, then it's a completely mm-hmm. different game. If Johnson scores his penalty, then I think, in my opinion, I think we go on to win that game. Because um, we were yeah. we were looking the better team, but the main thing and the main problem to me is that we didn't actually look like scoring. So I was quite disappointed. Um, it just didn't feel like we had any real substance to what we did. Uh, the atmosphere as well being there, I think it's difficult to get a good atmosphere in a ground like the Molyneux. Because um, you're at the side of the, you're not behind a goal, are you? At you're the at side. the side, right. so you're yeah. not all making a wall of noise. It just feels like you're so disconnected from the other side of the away fans. Um, so the atmosphere felt a bit flat, but I don't know if that's the case. I think Wolves home fans would probably disagree. Um, one ob- observation for me is that Wolves have safe standing and everyone was sat down. Make that make sense. But yeah, I, I was I was just a bit disappointed. Um, it felt like another game where it was another team like Villa, like Leicester that can't score, that aren't playing well, that we should be playing well against and maybe scoring against. And once again, didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thoughts on uh, on on our penalty on on the winning of it? Uh, well, I f- well when I, when I was watching it there, I didn't really know. It's hard to tell what's happening there because your sort of perception of where the ball is is difficult. When I was watching it back, I was surprised to see that I, f- I thought they were looking at it for a handball and then they gave it for a shove instead. So it was quite confusing. Um, I think. Uh, Honestly, I think both penalties were a little bit soft. And I, I agree with your point that if theirs hadn't been given, I don't think ours would. I think there was a better penalty shout that wasn't given. Uh, I might be wrong in saying that, but I'm almost sure there was a, a penalty shout that should have been given that was stronger than the other two. But um, it just it was just a weird game. Both teams just didn't feel very good to me. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, with the penalty again, if it, it's one of those ones, I think it was the 2018 World Cup where they, they kept giving penalties for, for those kind of infringements at corners. And I thought that, you know, you, you do that for a season and those that kind of, you know, we've all played football matches where there's always some clown of a centre-back trying to pull your shirt off your back. You know, that kind of thing dies out in on the, the televised game anyway, doesn't it? If, if every time there's a corner, you get a foul given for it. So... Just confusing for me after that World Cup that they stopped doing it outside the World Cup because um, you know it, it, it is a foul, but everybody does it at every single corner, and you can't. You know, we're not going to have three hundred penalties in my game, are we? So, just like like I said, I think you know if the Wolves penalty isn't given, we don't get that. So, there's you know, um, like a draw would have been fair. I think a draw would have been fair, definitely. And if I had to be gun to the head 
sort of picking a winner, I think Forrest maybe edged it. Mm. Uh, but I don't think we deserved three points. I think a point was fair for both teams. Both teams weren't great. Um, but that's football, isn't it? We didn't win and that's it. I think a few things that I need to point out about the Wolves game is when I was on the train in the morning, sinking a beer at 10 a.m., refreshing Twitter and seeing Forrest tweet playtime with Emmanuel Dennis oh, playing with Wolves. Poor taste that. I thought I screenshotted okay. it and immediately sent it to a few people saying, well, I know what's going to happen today. This is written in yeah. the stars. Really, yeah. really terrible, poor decision. And we've been mocked for it and we deserve to be mocked for it. And the worst part is, Jacob, what's the worst part of the whole thing? What? what I didn't even think, realize they were wolves. No, I don't know. That's just that's just bad. That's bad creative. I I thought, why have they posted a picture of Dennis with his dogs? That wasn't the worst part. The worst part was we deleted it. We didn't even own it. Oh, we deleted yeah, sorry, it. Yeah, What's yeah, the point yeah. of really even doing it if we're just going to delete it? Own it. Own it. You know? Own it. Uh, embarrassing. A dear friend of the podcast quite rightly pointed out that all it would have taken was the Homer Simpson into the hedge emoji and it all would have been forgiven. Anything. Just keeping it up. Wolves admin had a tap in there embarrassing us and Ruben Nevis posted something I mean come on that was going to happen um, that was that was embarrassing and then the only other thing was I watched the whole game before Adama Troy was taken off and saw him bullying Toflo him getting so much space creating chances they never looked like actually scoring but we didn't do anything about it Toflo looked out of his depth I think he put anyone there in our squad at the moment, I think they'll be out of their depth, but we just didn't feel like we reacted to the actual threats that they had. So not not yeah. a good game. Thank you, Mike, for taking me. I really appreciate it. It was a good day out. I had a really good laugh and and I enjoy it. But unfortunately the performance on the pitch didn't match it. Proper stadium as well, isn't it, Molyneux? I liked like, it. Like, I, it, it was good. Yeah. I would love Forrest to implement a safe standing thing like they have um, the facilities felt really good they felt proper they had a bit of pyro on the side some people might call tin pot but it was yeah, it was decent a good stadium yeah. cool which moves us into tonight's game uh, we're recording this on Tuesday the 18th of October which was Brighton away long journey for a Tuesday night so if you've been to that game huge shout out to you um, oh, completely completely huge shout out to anybody that made mm. that journey sang that loud despite that performance (laughs) after watching any of it I can't it's unbelievable that that atmosphere came from that performance full credit to any Forest fan that went tonight and sang that loud after watching that well whilst I completely agree with you regarding the first half which you know we were extremely lucky to get out of at 0-0 in my opinion pardon me pardon me and um the second half, though, you know, although it was still very much kind of one-way traffic from Brighton, I thought we defended much better. Um, don't think they really looked like scoring in the second half. Uh, we were we started to become a bit of a threat on the counter-attack. Um, although he made a really bad pass with his initial first bit of touch. Bian Kong came on and looked all right. Nice to see Joe Rorrell back on the pitch. Um, I know you're probably going to want to bring up the, the lack of a striker for most of the game. Um, but, I, you know, I've seen, you know, Brandon Johnson for me can be a striker and he was a striker tonight and he put himself about without really playing well, if you know what I mean. Um, just, 
it's a really valuable point and a real nice and a nice dose of reality of we are going to have to have these games against these teams that are you know if Brighton won this would have been their best start ever in the Premier in the top flight. So you know maybe a bit of perspective on who we're playing and yeah I just. Again, I'm not saying we played well, but to come out of there with a point, we had to have done at least something, you know, a little bit of something right. Um, sure, <laughs> I'd I'd love to agree that we did something right, but to be completely honest with you, I just don't think we did. I think we didn't concede. That's got to be something, right? Sure, we were so lucky. Um, I, I'm, I, f- I feel so much empathy for Brighton fans tonight after watching that and watching their team walk away from that game without winning is mental. They were by far the better team and Forrest were absolutely dog shit. Um, I know you compared it to um, Huddersfield at home, didn't you, last season? Yeah. yeah. Which, they which is the game that you still talk about being one of the best games we've ever played. Flip it around. Forest were dominant, somehow lost that game, even though we were quite clearly the better mm. team. I feel that's the same case for Brighton tonight. And I feel sort of embarrassed really to um to sort of be on the receiving end of it. I've got a load of people messaging me because it's on Prime. I've got you've got more eyes on it. I've had people messaging me saying, Forest aren't very good, are they? And it just does feel a bit embarrassing. Um I think we got it wrong from the lineup. I think not the midfield. Not in the midfield, yeah. that's true. I think the front three, we've already seen that that doesn't work. We a few podcast episodes ago I said that front three, we've we've done it, we've experimented, it doesn't work. We need to, uh, Dennis came in last weekend and he looked good. The weekend before he scored, he looked good. He looked a bit electric. Brennan Johnson has been a bit of a ghost recently. He missed the penalty on Saturday. Somehow dropping Dennis and starting Johnson doesn't make any sense to me. Lingard, Johnson and Gibbs-White together just doesn't work at all for me. Um, I'll just caveat that with Johnson. There's been the sort of accusation that he doesn't try recently. I can't say that he did try tonight. He did. He didn't do anything with it, but... He did try and he did run. Yeah, Lingard, I forgot, yeah. was on the pitch for most of the game. I think Lingard was had no impact at all. The midfield of Yates, Froyle and Mangala, I think that you can lock that in. I think that's, that's, that's future, done. Isn't it? That's done. That's he could possibly swap Yates for O'Brien, but I think even though O'Brien had such a good start, at the moment, I think Ryan Yates is bleeding for that shirt, quite literally, because he got kicked in the face. And... I won't drop him. I think Ryan Yates has been a credit to this side. I think second half as well, when he started to get forward a bit more, yes. kind of what made him a success at the end, you know, when Cooper came in last season of getting box to box. Yes. Um, I think as mentioned in our group chat earlier around, he was getting a bit too, starting to get a bit too Robbie Savage of kicking people and arguing. And that was his whole game again, which it was before. Whereas you know, when Cooper first came in, he was getting box to box and driving us forward and, you know, one, to, you know, moving the ball on quickly and and following it, getting getting himself up the pitch. So nice to see him start to start again towards the uh, second, the oh, yeah, second half of the second half. Fully agree. I think Ryan Yates has been a credit. I think he clearly gives a, a shit about the shirt. 
which mm. is what we need at the minute. Yeah. Um, we always say that he proves us wrong and he puts in a good shift and he last few games, I can't argue with it. So fair enough. Right. Yeah. Freuler, he was injured at the start of the season as well, wasn't he? He was. Remo Freuler needs to keep his spot, I think, because yeah. yes, there is slight moments where he hasn't quite got it, but you can see that if he holds his position, he is going to conduct everything. He's unbelievable. Mangala, obviously his fitness is not quite there, so that's why he only plays 60 minutes. But he's, the Mangala-Froyler-Gates combination, I think for me, is the one. I think that's one positioning that we've got that can be locked in. Yeah. Uh, Defence. I, I, I think McKenna's looked back to his old best, I think. Agree again. McKenna, that's one out of four that I can lock in there. I thought Nier Aurier, Carte would be another one, wouldn't he? Nier Carte would be, but he's not here. Um, Aurier tonight was awful. What did you say before, Jacob? You said he looked like he was a weird player. Yeah, yeah. He, he just, sometimes he does something, you think, oh. And then, then you spend the, the other 85 minutes thinking as this clown of a, well, you, you start thinking, oh, I could maybe make it still at the yeah. age of 31 and a, a giant fat man. There was, a, I don't know what game it was. There's a few games ago on the podcast I said, I really didn't want Aurier, but. He played well tonight, or whatever that game was. I'll take him. He did all right. But tonight, I think he was awful. Nico Williams, a few episodes in, I said, Jed Spence, who? Because Mm. I was convinced that Nico Williams was so much better. Tonight, he didn't show that. I thought he was was all right defensively, but he's he's not. Those first couple of games of the season where he would kind of get over the halfway line, cut more into the midfield and and stop playing balls in from that kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's stopped doing that and yeah. we've, we've really lost something with our, with the with the fullbacks this season for me. Yeah, it feels like a different player from those first few games, particularly West Ham and Spurs at home. I remember, mm-hmm. well, obviously we were both at the city ground and we thought, fucking up, this this guy's exciting. Like he, he got the crowd excited. He was doing, mm-hmm. he was doing stuff, but... Recently, last few games, he's not quite done that. No. Steve Cook, for me, good backup <laughs> player, good option off the bench, but come on, it, it, why is he still starting for me? Like, the point's been on. made now, hasn't it, type thing. It's, yeah. it's been done. I know why we we say keep keep the back four constant to get them to bed in, but if you're swapping your full backs around anyway, what does it matter? Mm. Warrell came on, good to see him in a first shirt again, like I say, I had questions about him, but I'd rather see him over Cook. Yeah, um, I, I understand putting Cook in for Warrell to take him out of the spotlight. Mm. But Cook's been, Cook has categorically been, well, he's been worse than what Warrell was and for a longer time. So put Warrell back in now. Um, yeah. Or Willy Bolly, or I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Bardet. Bardet? Loic Bardet? I don't know. Loic Bardet. So, yeah, he's another player that doesn't exist like Jonathan Panzo. So, yeah, well, he was at, um, he was actually on the bench last week. He seems to have disappeared again, but he did actually show on the bench Bardet last week. So who knows what's going on there? But mm. I think the frustrating thing for me is I don't know what it is. I think I think it's abandoning our system completely and mm-hmm. crumbling under pressure going for four three three. I know you said I think we have to put up with this formation to sort of endure a few games. Yeah. And I mean, we came away with a point tonight, so it's worked, but it's not nice to watch. 
when you no. when you take into account Forest last season and how exciting and nice that was to watch attacking football, it's frustrating to watch us play how we are now. But also, yeah. I think the more frustrating thing is most fans can see it is how close we are to a good eleven. I think you make two or three changes in that, and I think you've got a pretty strong eleven there. Yeah. I yeah, think absolutely. for me it's Cook for Worrell and then Neocarte when he comes in. At yeah, the moment it's Johnson for Dennis and then fullbacks Williams and Toffolo, I guess. Yeah, I mean I'd probably go Dennis for Lingard and put Johnson on the wing. I'm still happy to to give you know Johnson's enough. He's got more more chit in the bank from me. Um Yeah, I, I just it's interesting. It's interesting to watch the way the way that it's all unfurling because I think Steve Cooper would like to have stuck with his back three, but he needs, you know, he's got McKenna who's Mister Consistent. He had Nia Carte, who was he was looked well. He's actually only played sixty minutes of a game, hasn't he, against Spurs? But in preseason, that he looked really good. It was clearly clear that he was going to play a huge part this season. Plus, your captain. That's a strong back three. All of a sudden, you take the Rolls Royce out and you put Steve Cook back in, and then Joe Worrell has a bit of a wobble because he's never played at the Premier League. It, a back three crumbles to bits when you, especially when it's such a core. You're playing three, it's such a core of the team. So I feel a bit sorry for Cooper there, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he does when when Nick Arte does come back, um, and I'm interested to see who plays uh, with McKenna on Saturday which is a nice segui into what we're doing on Saturday, JJ. I was still ready to moan more about the uh, game tonight, but it's probably best to, that, best to move on. me off. Um, <laughs> we are both going alongside my mother to the Liverpool game shout, on Saturday shout, at shout, City Ground. Yeah, we are. City Ground. We're going to do another, another match day vlog, which will actually start on Friday because I'm going to drive up and pick JJ up on our JJ on uh, Friday night. Yeah, so the vlog mental. will start then. Um, yeah, and we're going to, uh, we'll be in Poets before the game. You better believe it. For anyone listening who needs to know this, uh, Poets will be open at 9 a.m. and they're serving uh, bacon and sausage sandwiches and cobs and things. So we're not sponsored by them, but I goddamn wish we were, JJ, don't you? Poets, Poets Corner, get in touch. Yes, please. Get in touch. There you go. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's going to be another huge game, isn't it? It's It's mad to think that we were here I mean, it's this year still, isn't it? But in the FA Cup against Liverpool and one of the best atmospheres ever I've ever experienced at the city ground. So it'll, it will absolutely be buzzing again. Um, obviously, different circumstances. Uh, I, I've got to remain optimistic and hope we get something out of the game. It's a real tough task. They've, you know, they've just come into form. They've just, they took a, well, they, they put Rangers to the sword in the Champions League and kind of had a really, you know, pick back up to their, their usual high standards against City on Sunday. So it'll be a hard game. That's absolutely sure. Um remaining optimistic. I think I'm gonna go for a I'm gonna go for a one one draw, JJ. Interesting. Um I actually think we're gonna play a lot better on Saturday. I think when the previous games of West Ham and Spurs at the city ground the atmosphere was ridiculous and I think mm. that really made a difference for the crowd and it impacted on the players. I think your teams like Bournemouth, Fulham and Villa like 
I think quite rightly are a bit more boring. So I think the <laughs> I think the atmosphere has been a little bit weaker in comparison. So the fact that it's a daytime game, uh, sort of early afternoon against Liverpool at the City Ground in the Premier League, it's going to be a different atmosphere to what we've seen in the last few home games. I think it's going to be more akin to West Ham and Spurs games, and I think that's going to make a massive difference. Um, the fact that we survived tonight against Brighton uh, is massive. I think it should. I know the performance was awful, but it should give them at least a little bit more confidence that they can endure and weather storms. Um, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see us get a point from the game. It has the makings of Liverpool completely dissecting us and completely smashing us. And if they do, I'm not mad because that squad should be sort of battering Forest as they are right now. But with the atmosphere that we've got or are going to have, here's what it is. I think I looked at the Liverpool game a few weeks ago and thought, this that's a game that could sort of give us a bit of inspiration because Liverpool aren't great at the minute. So we we could pick up a, a point or two. And then since then they beat Rangers 7-1 and then beat Man City. So it feels like they're coming into form in just enough time to absolutely thrash us. But I think either way, the atmosphere is going to be incredible. I think everyone's going to expect to lose. But I just feel like we're going to at least see a better performance because of the atmosphere. Yep. I just wish it was three yeah. o'clock because then it would be even better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 12.30 is... A three o'clock or a half five would have been awesome, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, still going to be a great day. Um, still massively looking forward to it. It's going to be wonderful. Maybe, maybe just have to take a, a shot of uh, shot of reality in Poets before we uh, head to the ground, that's all. A few a few shots of reality in the forms of pints <laughs> of Stellar Artois. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I suppose that's where we'll uh, we'll leave this week's episode um, we'll be back after the Liverpool game but before the Arsenal game I imagine um, so if you are listening for the first time thank you very much for joining us and if you've come back we we love you dearly uh, you it you it <laughs> <laughs>